Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. I don't have to say my Twitter. Verified now. That's one of the perks of the whole thing. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. All right, we're continuing our summer season of having guests on the show. Shout out to everyone who's rocking with us this summer. Uh, next up is the homie, well, the internet homie, because uh, Chris and I have never actually met him, which is becoming a theme with some of our guests. You know, Cable <laughs> Danos on here and whatnot. We have Derek Lewis of 24 7 Sports. Derek, what up, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Is this, is this where I shame myself? I plug myself shamelessly? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Get your plug on real quick. All right, cool. You can follow me at Twitter, uh, the tweet machine, as you call it, DR Lewis Book It. So just DR Lewis, regular spelling of the last name, Book It. It's an old catchphrase. So, you know, catch me on there. I tweet sometimes. Just a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely give give Derek a follow. You got to. I do. Chris does. A lot of uh, Seahawks folks uh, do it now. If, for those of you who are wondering, because we gotta get this out of the way early before we get into some fun, uh, Derek, just exactly how did you get into running twenty four seven? You know the Seahawks site, and you know how long you've been doing that. Uh, well, I've been running the Seahawks site since two thousand and sixteen, um, but I came aboard at twenty four seven Sports in twenty fifteen. Uh, basically, how they run it is they give you various teams to cover um, at once. You kind of just handle writing for the teams. And then if you do a good job on that, they give you your own team where you do both the social media aspect of the job and the writing. And so when, after my first season in 2015, they hooked me up with the Seahawks page, and I've been running that ever since. And they've been hemorrhaging interesting players ever since I took over. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 code for uh, Derek is bad luck. Yeah, that ever since he he showed up, they've uh, how many playoff wins do they have? What one? Uno. Oh man, that's 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 rough, man. I, so I thought it was me. I thought when I got here, because as soon as I got here, they lost it or they didn't even make the playoffs. But now maybe it's Derek. So we've we've discovered that. So if, if anyone's listening right now and you want to direct your anger somewhere about the past like two or three years, here you go. Dr. Lewis, book it. I got that right. You did. You got it right when it came to throwing shade at me. <laughs> <laughs> Three minutes in. Oh, it's already throwing shade. Hey, man. Is it, it, <laughs> sometimes you got to warm up people like that. That, that That's fine. Uh, you know, for everyone listening, you know, I really appreciate following Derek because like, like me and Chris, he has a good sense of humor here. And it's in the, in the off season, that's good to have because there's been a lot of funny moments in this offseason, I'm going to rattle some, and I want Derek to just pick where we should start here because this is this is just a great list when you put it all together. There's there's shirtless Russ, and we got a deal. That whole moment, everyone knows about that. There's uh, Russ with all his just social media presence this offseason and having how many voices now? How many voices Russ up to? Three? Three, four? Too many. That, that's the right answer there. <laughs> uh, you know, we got shirtless Pete Carroll that we discovered during the draft. Don't oh, ever want to see that again. Nope, nope, no, we do not. Well, at least it wasn't shirtless John Snyder either. That was, well, I don't know. Those are both bad. Those are both really bad. Uh, we got most recently Sam Gold did this, homie at The Athletic. He got Seahawks Twitter into a war with Colts Twitter. Just full-on beef for writing that Russell Wilson was better than Andrew Luck. And last but not least, 
perhaps one of my favorite moments of the offseason is offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer getting terrible advice from his family <laughs> and creating a Twitter. And as you, if you go ahead and check Shotty's mentions, it's going about as bad as you think <laughs> it would go. Derek, where would you like us? Oh, hold up. We got two in? more, though. We got two more? Remember, Mike? Oh, you're right. Thank you. I got you, man. Oh, yeah. We have. Oh, man. Russ had a great offseason. Russ playing video games. With Cable Thanos, who he met on the internet, uh, and losing to DJ Fluker, actually, I might add. And then, here's the kicker, hiring Cable Thanos <laughs> to run. What did he hire Cable Thanos to do? Like He's running, I forget the pay, it's Russell's, I think it's Russell's company. If he's I'm not working mistaken. for West to East, I forget what, he's in like digital media production or something. Exactly it, where he belongs. Oh, uh, 100%. That's where, dope. Where he belongs. Thank you for, let, for reminding you, me to add those those two. Derek, man, where sh- where should we start, man? Of those moments, what was your favorite? I mean, as much as I really love to shout out just Russell Wilson videos becoming literally a cottage industry, literally a cottage industry, um, I have to start with Brian Schottenheimer, man, because that was news to me when y'all gave me the rundown, and I saw that, I was like, Brian Schottenheimer was on Twitter? How did I miss this? Did Have you, have you checked out his mentions or just like how that's gone since then? I don't need that kind of negativity. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I actually came at it from a different perspective. What interested me was who he follows, because he follows weird things. Not like weird, weird, but just like he like follows Vanderbilt baseball. And I'm like, I'm not exactly sure why he does that. (laughs) He only has 39 followers. Why is Vanderbilt baseball one of them? So I'd really like to know what's going on with that. He follows all of his quarterbacks, which naturally – Naturally, you follow all his quarterbacks, and then he follows like some random media personalities, just a random cohort of media personalities, like Mark Schlereth. He follows Stink on Twitter. <laughs> I don't know why. Who knows? Did, Van- like, did Vanderbilt just uh, win the World Series? Is that? I think so. Either Vanderbilt or Michigan. I can't remember. Pretty I, sure it's Van. I don't even know. We'll do we'll double check. I'm, I'm gonna Google it while we're going on here. Uh, uh, I'll yeah, Google sh- it. It's easy. Shotty's. That's gonna. It's it's so sad. When I saw that news, I, I forget who I text. I text someone about it or hit our Slack channel or something like that. I was like, man, what a weird way for Shotty's family to announce they don't love him, <laughs> to give him such advice, to say get on Twitter. You know how bad. That account's going to get when he goes run, run, pass in the first week of the season? Deactivate. How long do you think that, that account's going to last, Derek? I can't, like, when I saw this, I was like, is there anyone who should be on Twitter less? <laughs> like, this complete lack of self-awareness, I feel, by his family. <laughs> and I, it, it can't, no way it gets past the preseason. Shut oh, it down. that's a good over-under. You say so, no way he gets past the preseason. What you got, Chris? There's no way he gets through training camp. So we got about the same timeline there. I was thinking he gets to the regular season, but now that I think about it, oh, that could get ugly. Because now training camp, people are going to see what, what the Seahawks are going to be running. And if they're not impressed and it's not good, it's going to be, oh, the Seahawks look terrible in training camp. What are you doing, Shadi? Throw the ball. It's not, it's not going to be good. Oh, man. They're going to attack him. This is a total Stephen Hoska situation. He has three tweets right now. In a year from now, he will have those same three tweets. <laughs> that I can actually, you know what? That's that's probably the best way it's going to end. He's just going to have three tweets, and it's going to be 2023, and he's still going to have those three tweets. Oh, man. It, d- does Tom Cable have a Twitter? I highly doubt it. Yeah, Why would nah. he have a Twitter? Be, well, I, I'm trying to think because that Derek mentions it. I'm trying to think who 
who who like should not have a Twitter more than Shoddy? I would say Tom Cable, Shoddy. Um, that's and Seahawks world. That's that's probably the most. I mean, John Snyder could probably get by, but I mean, no one no one is gonna get flamed more than. I mean, someone already tweeted him said they tweeted the Seahawks and said fire Shoddy and tag Shoddy. Oh <laughs> man! Thirty minutes after he <laughs> created the account, man. I don't even want to go to the. The mentions and replies of what people are saying to him and about him now oh. that he has Twitter. That's just unfortunate. Did you did you give him a follow, Derek? I, I have not given him a follow. I should probably go ahead and do that, give him some more support. He, he needs that pick. I'm a little salty he didn't he didn't follow me though. I feel like that's that's shade towards me. You, you, just no, no, it, you don't even got a joke. I thought the same thing because someone was like, uh, you know, he only follows I think Bob Condota and John Clayton, and it was just like, oh man. Well, so you know, me, I don't exist. What's up, man? What's the good of the blue check? Those guys don't even got blue checks. Oh, Clayton might, uh, but Bob doesn't. What's my blue check good for if I can't get a shoddy follow? You know what I mean? DMs I would send shoddy. <laughs> hey, you should listen to our podcast. We tell you exactly what to do with the offense. Oh, I would try to have him on the show, and then just have uh, Ben Baldwin call in just anonymously, and then just have them <laughs> war with each other because I'm petty like that. Oh, that was a that was a great moment. Hey, man, you got to get him a follow, man. Maybe he'll follow you back. We'll see. Well, I, I just initiated it. I'm following Shotty now, so we'll see what happens. Oh, there we go. There we go. Of of all those other moments I mentioned, uh, what else? What else sticks out to you? Personally, I'm a fan of since I just mentioned uh, Ben. So, speaking of people at the Athletic, is Seahawks Twitter getting into a war with Colts Twitter over Russ being better than Andrew Luck? Did you indulge, or was you sitting that one out? Oh, I I said. I said the run pass debate out. I said all these just like Twitter wars out. I just watch from the sidelines, and every once in a while I might throw something in because it's relevant to something I write. But other than that, I just watch the carnage from the sidelines. That's probably why I'm not like a full fledged member of Seahawks Twitter yet because I don't engage in the fun, the truly fun things like that. Not yet, anyway. Oh man, you got it. You got to hop in. This is a good one for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Sam Gold, homie at the Athletic, we've had him on the on the show. Does great film reviews. Um, he did a 22 minute video breakdown of why Russell Wilson is better than Andrew Luck. It's pretty good. It's well. It's in depth and everything. Like I enjoyed it, and it just blew up the internet. And you know what else is crazy? Sam also said Tyler Lockett is not a top 10 wide receiver route runner. He said he's between 12 and 15. Just want to throw that out there since we're plugging Sam. Well, Thank you, you. You know I'm deaf in this right ear, Chris. So you got to speak up sometimes. I couldn't really hear you during that last <laughs> segment. Uh, you know, so we're just gonna. We're, we're, we're just going to move on here. You know, uh, someone, I think it was somebody who's old at 710 uh, wrote a column, I think, about, you know, how Russ should stay off social media because, you know, self-promotion is bad. It was real get off my get off my lawn, old man take. But, Derek, have you been paying attention much to Russ's social media run here this last uh, three or so months? Yeah, I mean, how can you not? Like, I, I feel like I write a different piece on Russ making a weird video or odd video, or funny video, however you want to frame it. I write a different piece about that every day, because Russ is just, just cranking them out. Just cranking them out left and right. What? Did, that, did you see that weird Snapchat thing he did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we plugged that in our podcast. I got a few messages. Did you really just put that in the beginning of the podcast? Yes, Welcome we to did. My Snapchat. <laughs> Welcome to my Snapchat. Dangerous. Dangerous. You know, I'm not going to lie, though. That was catchy. Come on, Derek. You can't lie. That was catchy. You can't lie. I mean, I was it was in my head for the rest of the day. I did not enjoy it. I, I that was probably the angriest I've been at Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear Sierra in the background giggling. Oh, oh. 
how can you not laugh? She's man. around. That's what's so funny about the video. She's 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 lurking in the backgrounds to make them even better. So what's what's your what's your favorite Russell Wilson voice uh, of the off season or just in general? Because he's got like three or four now. What's your favorite one? Uh, you gotta take it back to the beginning with the uh, with the we got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Because that one's been coming on off and on for like a couple years now. I don't know if you've noticed it too. I think we've joked around about this a little, a couple times. Every once in a while, that Virginia it sneaks on out. It sneaks on out. He doesn't want it to, but sometimes when his defenses get lowered and he turns the quarterback speak off, he takes it back to to the VA, and, and we got a deal. Was just <laughs> one of those prime examples. Well, you know the weird thing about the we got a deal is it. It didn't even feel as much like Southern. Is Virginia considered the South? Yeah. That's yep. the South. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't feel like as much Southern as it did like sexy time, Russ. And you know what? I don't know if that's a Russ we needed. You know what? I'm actually 100% sure that's not a Russ. I don't think we need sexy time of anyone on the team, uh, but especially not shirtless Russ sleeping sleeping with, with, with three chains. Uh, did you have you, uh, have you decided to follow Russ? You because know, Russ is a—he's got a lot of fans. People follow what he does. To follow Russ and join, you know, the Cornrow Gang, because you know Russell has got braids now. You know what? I follow that dude. I live vicariously through you on that because <laughs> I feel like you're more of a Cornrow expert than I am. I've never, I've never dealt in Cornrow despite being from the South. I've always just had my little fade going, and so I thought you perfectly broke down the Cornrow situation. Um, and so I, I, I defer to you on that one because I felt like that was more in your wheelhouse than, than my wheelhouse. Uh, yeah, I mean, this in terms of joking with uh, joking about Russ on Twitter this 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 off season, I personally think Cornrow Russ is going to take on a life of its own. Can you imagine if he just shows up on like a prime time, like whenever their first Monday night game or something is, with Cornrows and does like an interview with uh who's who's the who's the Sunday night team? Is it Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth? Yeah. yeah, he just does a sit down with them before the game with the corn rolls. Like, that's that's a ten out of ten. That might be the best moment of the the whole season if we get that. I'm really hoping, Derek, that we get that. How does Chris Collinsworth respond if he just sees Russell Wilson with with corn rolls? Like, what does he say? Nah, Russ, I like your hair. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know, you know how people who respond who they're not familiar with the. The, the multitude of hairstyles that certain people can have. You know, they usually just ask if it's real. Jeez. Uh, um, <laughs> I get asked if my hair is real all the time. You should just say it's fake. You see how I balanced that, though? Because I could have, you know, I had to be politically correct there. I'm kind of uh, proud of myself. Yeah, he's probably going to ask if it's real and say, hey, man, I like the do. I bet you he'll call it a do. I'm 90% sure Chris Collinsworth going to call it a do. What are the chances Chris Collinsworth says something like, I, I can't pull off that look, Russ? <laughs> That I'd say ninety percent. Oh, it might even be higher. That's another one of those that like our our uh, our melanin challenged family uh, likes to uh, say sometimes. Oh man, I wish I could do that. Some guy just did that to me at the bar yesterday. He said, "Hey man, I love your hair." Man, I tried to do that to my hair. You know, this white guy, of course. It's like it's like, dude, man, you can't get dreads. It's just not that's not you. You get to do everything else. <laughs> you just can't. This is one of those things that I get that you don't. You just gotta you just gotta live with it. Yeah. Oh, can we? I really hope. We get that. I hope Al Michaels is there too. That's gonna be that's gonna be a great moment. And I'm gonna instantly just tag Derek with a bunch of laughing emojis when that happens. What 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 team what 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 uh, football crew does handles that the best? Is it, is it Booger? Is it is it the Monday Night Crew? Because they have Booger now. Oh, uh, are they keeping Booger on Monday Night Football? I thought they were. 
Did I, did I, I don't know. That? I know they just got rid of Jason Whitten, and I was just like, well, that was a disaster. Trying to, yeah, oh, you know what? They are keeping Booger. They're keeping Booger and the, the other guy, whoever they had. He's got the cool name. Dang, that's going to bug me. They're, yeah, that's right, because they're taking Booger off that little contraption where he was blocking half the fans <laughs> <laughs> from watching from watching the game. Yeah, I think Booger would probably handle that best. I'm trying, who's the Thursday night? Oh, well, you know, no, nah, if they have Thursday night football, that crew will handle it. Ain't that like Michael Irvin? I'm not going to lie, though. I kind of miss John Gruden up there. Unbelievable. He throws a ball between a corner and a safety. This is two-trap. It's a blitz. They're going to bring edge pressure from both sides, and the corner is going to roll up. And watch... Stafford fit the ball in the hole between the corner and the safety. I don't advise this at home. What a throw by Matt Stafford. I call that the turkey hole. Oh, wait, ain't the Raiders on hard knocks? You tuning into that, Derek? Uh, yes. Um, quite as it's kept, I'm a Raiders fan. And so. Oh, I'm boy. But I will enjoy torturing myself with just terrible football takes from John Gruden. I mean, you're already torturing yourself being a Raiders fan. I mean,. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Guys are, you know, I like to call the Seahawks the island of misfit toys, although, you know, the Bengals and the Raiders are the ones who have that reputation. You could really argue it for the Seahawks, to be honest. The Cowboys a little bit, too. But the Raiders just went all in on it. They were like, you know what this team needs while we're trying to build some chemistry? We need, like, Vontez perfect. (laughs) You know what else we need? At least him and Antonio Brown are teammates now. No, that's not good. (laughs) That's not good. On just the last show we had, we were talking about how bad of an idea it is that the Houston Rockets have bad chemistry and they want to get Jimmy Butler. Or they wanted to, at least. You know, what's the word? You have a fire and you're throwing gasoline on it. Yes, that is what John John Gruden is doing. And you know what? I'm here for it. You know, so, Derek, we're sorry for your loss because – there's going to be a lot of them. Five uh, and 11. In 2019. You're giving them five wins? I think five wins is reasonable. How many wins you giving them this year, Derek? The Raiders? Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's a disaster. That's, that's, that's four wins. Easy. Yeah, man. That's Antonio Brown getting a check and getting five wins. They're but gonna, he's probably going to have 100 catches and over... A thousand receiving yards, something crazy. I don't know. Well, the Raiders are going to have more uh, hard knocks episodes than wins. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah, I, I'll say five and eleven. Is uh, this the year they finally figure out Derek Carr shouldn't, you know, be a thing anymore? Now that he has like weaponry, that's what you know. When they go four and twelve, hopefully they realize that. <laughs> you know, throw out there. I want to put that energy into the world so that I have a chance of of change in two thousand and twenty. Well, well, the sad thing is, it feels like this is one of those years because they do have some weapons that, like Derek Carr, yeah, they suck, and then with, he still throws for like, you know, four thousand yards or something like that, you know, because AB ends up with like thirteen hundred because they're throwing in every game or something like that, and yeah, they still go four and twelve. So no, nah, man, you're not getting out of the Derek Carr thing that easy, man. Nope, nope, nope. Even if you speak it into existence, this is this is your guy. This is this is your life. Evil on me, man. They also have Tom Cable, man. You can't escape Tom Cable. It's so true. When they hired Tom Cable, I was like, man, of course they hired Tom Cable. <laughs> of course they want to run back like one of the greatest head coaching disasters in the history of the world and make him your offensive line coach again. Like, I just, if there was any place he couldn't go after the Seahawks, it should have been the Raiders. And somehow, John Gruden just makes it happen. Maybe immediately just comes in and just like, I don't care about you know, newfangled NFL type stuff. Tom Cable's my guy. Oh, uh, we, uh, yeah, Tom Cable. You're you're cursed with Tom Cable, and I'm I'm sorry that you have to, you know, experience that. And I'm also sorry that the Raiders seem to have never watched 
any Tom Cable interviews. Uh, they never seemed to have like contacted prior employers because they immediately gave him control over which draft picks they took. Uh, and he drafted a bad left tackle in the first round, <laughs> and dude got his life destroyed by Frank Clark in week six. It's, what's the kid's name? What's that kid's name? Uh, Colton Miller. Colton Miller. UCLA. Colton Miller. Yep, that sounds – Colton with a K, I believe, too, which that's, that's a problem. surprised that they could no longer pick up stunts? Like, immediately forgot how to pick up stunts once Tom Cable took over. <laughs> Everything is just so bad. I feel so bad for those guys. I felt I felt bad for Colton when he got drafted too, because it's just like you know what, you're just gonna come in the game and learn everything wrong. It's like you know when those old R and B and rap acts in like the '80s and '90s were signed into like Def Jam and getting terrible contracts, you know, just getting worked over by management and ownership. So yeah, that's that's any offensive lineman drafted uh, by the Raiders these days. I got I got one more. We we forgot one. That's been or at least one that I want to get to before we actually talk some. Some actual football stuff, man. Is have you? How big are you on Cable Thanos? Uh, I I mean I admire from afar. His his videos are cool, but it's like I, he's just like a media sensation that I just don't quite understand. Not because he's not fun, but just like Twitter's a weird place. Twitter <laughs> is a, a weird weird place. You know, that's probably the best way of putting it. Twitter is a weird place. You know, I like the Cable Thanos thing because it gives us it gives me hope, at least, you know, for all of Seahawks Twitter. Because there are a lot of people who are a part of Seahawks Twitter who don't actually get in the building and are at VMAC, you know, like like you, even someone like Ben, uh, you know, Sam, Cable Thanos, all the field goals, guys, Hawk Blogger, everything. You know, it gives me hope that like Seahawks Twitter is just going to slowly invade the Seahawks organization. So in like, you know, f- five or 10 years or something like that, Russell hires you or, you know, or, you know, they got you in there. That's, that's, that's my hope. Maybe they have Sam in there. So that's why Cable Thanos gives me hope. So if they give, they give you a call in five years or something like that, you, you let me know and, and tell them I sent you. And I, I also have to shout out Cable Thanos for paving the way. Cause he, he made it possible. So, so yeah, you and Cable Thanos, y'all be my first shout outs if that ever happens. <laughs> there you go plugs but we always have to we start with the good but i guess i don't want to say it's bad but we'll call it sad no, it is sad it's very sad no and i said bad oh it's bad too uh, i'll, I'll so. lean more towards sad there's a lot of things that went on whether it frank getting traded doug retiring earl thomas deciding you know what i'm gonna go get money elsewhere what was your first initial thought when the seahawks traded frank clark to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that was in the AFC Championship. Maybe had they had Frank Clark previously last season, they may they might have won went to the Super Bowl. But now that they have him, what's your take on this, man? My first, my first, my initial thought was: Are these are these dudes going to pay anybody outside of? <laughs> like, if you're not going to pay Frank Clark, then what do you have money for? Like, what is the money going to? Because in theory, you trade Frank Clark to get a first-round pick to draft someone who you will eventually have to pay because they are as good as Frank Clark. Like, when people trade away, like, a Camille Mack or Frank Clark, I'm just like, I don't understand. The goal is to get a player who is as good as Frank Clark so you no longer have to worry about that any longer. So that was my initial thought. But then, like, with anything, I kind of settle into the middle ground. I'm like, well, they don't have to pay that money now. They can save that and invest it in the defense over time to see who they want to pay. They can spread that out. They can pay Bobby now. They can pay Jaron Reed. 
Uh, obviously, they already paid Russ. They can get back into the draft. It allows them more draft flexibility. And to their credit, they used it. But it's like they, they give themselves so little margin for error on their draft selections because they keep trying to retool the roster, which makes sense. But then you actually have to hit. And so they put a lot of eggs in their draft basket. Now they have to hope that it comes to fruition because they have literally no one else who's anywhere near Frank Clark's level right now. Like that's the thing that I thought was going to keep Frank Clark and get him a contract is they don't have anything like even in development that's close to Frank Clark to project into the future. So it's just like a real big leap of faith. Would you have made that trade if you were on the staff with the Seahawks or would you have tried to make a deal and, and keep Frank? And I'm always a proponent of, of paying your elite talent. So I just, like I said, that's what you get into the draft for so you can get something, if you get someone, excuse me, who is that elite and you pay them. So that's always my philosophy. Like, obviously, you can't pay everyone, but Frank Clark is someone who you pay. And it looks like they didn't want to get into that $20 million range, but I just feel like that's worth it to get someone who's elite like Frank Clark and will continue to be that way for at least another five to seven years. I mean, my man played with two jacked-up wrists. He was beat up all season and still led the team in sacks. What more do you want from him? Exactly. He's not even been healthy fully the last two years where he's been breaking out, and he's still putting up numbers. Just imagine how crazy he's going to be if he actually can get to a season fully healthy. 17 sacks or more. What we're not going to do, though, is let that just slide. You see how Derek was just like, when people trade a Khalil Mack. No, no, those was your peoples that <laughs> traded Khalil Mack. We ain't just going to let that slide. That was your man, John Gruden, who, you know. Look, man, I don't, don't run the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that was your peoples, though. That was your peoples who did that. I'm just saying, he tried to slide that in there. It's like, no, no, that was your man's. Your man's over there. He got rid of the best player uh, on the team for just to be terrible. Just, just throwing that out there. I wanted to make sure people understood that we're not gonna let that slide. If that's you want me to slide for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all right, Derek. You'll be good, man. Speaking of tears flowing, did you shed a tear when Doug hung him up? Yeah, man. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not a Seahawks fan per se. I don't have that lineage tied to the Seahawks. But one thing I'm always kind of attached myself to is Doug Baldwin because he's just such an interesting cat. He's just such a good guy, but he also has, like, he's just an intriguing guy to cover because he's always saying something interesting, interesting, but he's not getting, like, he's not, like, saying stuff that's out of pocket. He's always making his points, but he's doing so in a very deliberate fashion. Um, obviously, he does things like any normal human. He's going to be wrong sometimes, but he's just an interesting dude, and he's excellent at football. So I was really sad to see Doug Baldwin go. That was actually a pretty sad moment of Seahawks, the Seahawks offseason. And then, you know, you also throw Cam, even though everyone knew he was gone, you make it official. Like, that was a that was a crazy day. Yeah, it was tough for Seahawks world and Seahawks fans. They took it, I don't know how many, they took it the best they could. I mean, a guy that has been the pillar of the offense, an elite wide receiver for the most part. He did everything asked of him, played through a few injuries, was banged up pretty much all last season, and... He could. It, it was time for him to hang it up. I mean, he he literally left it all on the line, and that that was it. And speaking of more sadness, Earl Thomas. That was another gut wrencher. There, a lot of Seahawks fans were truly disappointed, but they understood because of how things went down in Seattle. He won. He sat out for a little bit because he wasn't getting paid. 
the proper amount he thought he should have been paid. And then he comes back and he gets hurt. And now people are like, oh, there's no way he's coming back. And exactly what happened. He decided, all right, it's my time is up. What was your reaction to Earl Thomas deciding to go with the Ravens and play the next few years over there? What were your thoughts on that? I think the, the funniest thing about Earl Thomas, uh, setting aside all the the drama and just the what's going on behind the scenes kind of stuff, is like as soon as Earl Thomas got his money from the Ravens and got that, that deal that he wanted, he was like, oh, yeah, man, it's cool. I'm going to come back. I'm going to retire as a Seahawk one day, get my name in the Ring of Honor. So, like, he just immediately was like, what, what happened to, like, like flipping people off and being angry. And he's like, no, nah, man, I got my bread now, dog. I'm good. <laughs> that was the best part about the Earl Thomas situation. He's like, I was just, I didn't think I was going to get my money. So that, I was angry. Now that that's done, I, I'm good, man. We, we all good with Seattle. So, I mean, you did take that little shot the other day about the defense, which we can, you can kind of debate back and forth whether he's actually taking a shot or just, you know, speaking the truth. But, uh, you know, Thomas with the Baltimore Ravens, that legacy. I mean, that's a nice little fit. It was clear the Seahawks weren't going to give him the money that he was rightfully owed for him being a perennial all-pro. So I think it kind of worked out for both sides as far as what they wanted to do and get out of the situation. Obviously, they would have preferred Earl Thomas didn't break his tibia again in, in week four. But outside of that, which is something you can't control, they, they both sides got what they wanted. And getting back to your previous point about the Seahawks just don't want to pay nobody unless it's Russell Wilson, he was another guy that fell under that category. Unfortunately. Yeah, I just, everyone was like, I don't understand why Earl Thomas is bad. I'm just like, well, I don't know. You're an all-pro safety. You just watched Richard Sherman literally sacrifice his Achilles for the team in 2017 and then get cut. I would not be so trusting that I'm just going to get a contract. And if I get hurt, they're going to take care of me. So I would do the exact same thing Earl Thomas is doing. But, you know, people tend to not understand that side, the player's perspective on that. That always frustrated me about the Earl Thomas situation. Do you see him making a comeback to Seattle? Uh, he'll probably either he'll play that final year here or he'll do like the one day contract. Either way, it'll all it'll all smooth over. Even like with Richard Sherman, everything will smooth over in the end once you get some distance between the drama and you know time. Time heals everything. I've learned that in sports. Like it's just it's just a matter of time. Everyone. Uh, can get back where they want to get back to. You just give it a little bit of time. LeBron went back to Cleveland. Anything's possible. <laughs> no, that's... KG did say it first after winning a championship. Anything is possible. And as you just put it, LeBron went back to Cleveland. Yeah, after that dude. Yeah, that dude gave. He talked about throwing shade. I forgot Earl threw that shade. Oh, I didn't. You didn't think that was. Did you think that was shade, Chris? Nope. I thought it was perfectly in line. I mean, could he, could he have done something different? Absolutely, but. I, I, I didn't feel as you if you remember the direct quote. What was the what was the direct quote? He said it was pointed at. I think someone asked him the difference in the defenses or something like that, and he was like, uh, I, "Here is more, oh, the Ravens' defense is more complex in Seattle. We were just running a bunch of cover three. That's all we. That's all they ran. That's, that's literally what he that's said. That's essentially what he, I, I thought that was shade. You didn't think that you didn't think that was shade? No, I mean he's just being honest. Honesty can be shade. No. Not if he said we ran this weak defense, three cover or cover three the whole game, and we lost. He could have said it in a way that was, dang, that's how you really feel, Earl. But he was not. We run cover three all the time. Whereas in the Ravens defense, we run multiple sets. We will corner blitz you. We'll do a bunch of different things. Seahawks cover three deep. There you go, Earl. Watch the middle. What, what, Derek? Did you think it was shade? 
See, I, I, I tend to, I tend to side with Chris. I think what Eric Weddle said was shade. Oh, was, I can never see myself running one of those crazy little Seahawks defenses. Oh wait, they're in my division. Oh, shouldn't have said that. Oh well, <laughs> that was shade. Now Earl, could he probably have avoided that? Of course, but like Earl's Earl. So like, if you ask him a direct question, Earl is going to ask answer the question. And so they asked him a question, and he gave them his honest assessment. And to me, that's not shade because I see how Earl got to that conclusion. Obviously, it's the right conclusion. To me, that's not shade. Now, if he, like like Chris said, if he'd added a whole bunch of adjectives to it that made it sound like he's still salty, then yeah, I would probably feel a different way. But knowing just how he answers questions and the question that was asked, I would say, nah, probably not. That's, that is one of the great things about Earl is that he is he is honest and he doesn't understand. He probably, I mean, he, I'm not, this is not saying he's stupid. I'm just saying like, when he is brutally honest like that, I can I get the sense that he doesn't understand why it comes off as like shade, or something like that. Like I I, I legitimately don't think Earl thought anything was wrong with walking into the Cowboys locker room with his Seahawks uniform on, like pitching himself to the other team. Like I, he probably heard that that comment that he uh said about the Ravens and their defense versus the Seahawks and their defense, and probably was just like, yeah, what do you mean? That's not shade. Was I wrong? You know? And it just I I imagine like Pete Carroll sitting him down, and be like Earl. You can't just go into the other team's locker room after we beat them. And then he responds, yes, I can. You're With not paying your me the back. jersey on still. <laughs> he had his jersey on. It's Why not? It's cool. I know those guys. Yeah, you know, Dez is the homie. Or, yeah, he, knew, he knew Dez, I think, is what it was. It's just, yeah, I love, like, is there a word for that? There's a word. It's like, that's not oblivious. Come on. Uh, Derek, you got to know a word for that. What's a word for what I'm trying to think about? Right. Right I think it's oblivious. I yeah. think, like, because it's not, oh, you're right. It's not, he's not dumb. He's a, actually a pretty, he's actually a really smart cat, especially football-wise. But, like, he's just, like, he's one of those, like, like you said, he's just brutally honest. And he, like, doesn't understand the ramifications of, of his brutal honesty. And it, I love those kind of people because they just say stuff. And then you look at them and you're, like, they just, like, you know who's exactly like that? Ron Artest. Mm. Have you heard that story? Ron Artest went into the stand, and afterwards, him and Steven Jackson were in the locker room in the back, and, he, and Ron Artest's like, hey, man, you think we're going to get in trouble? And Steven Jackson's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I love those kind of people. <laughs> the best. Wow. Oh, what kind of question is that? What do uh, you mean, man? You just punched like four people. <laughs> <laughs> you in the same fight I was in? Yeah, we're going to be lucky to have jobs, dog. <laughs> Ron Artest, a man who won a championship and thanked his therapist on national television. You gotta love, you gotta love a guy like that. Earl, Earl was like that too. Remember when Bobby had that bad game against the Rams in 2017? And I, I can't remember who asked the question because I was in the scrum, and then Earl was just like, he was like, "Yeah, we shouldn't." B Wags wasn't himself, man. You could tell he shouldn't have been out there, and we're all just like this awkward pause, like, "Oh, okay," and then it just. And you could tell Earl was probably just like later when Bobby sounded off on Twitter. Earl was probably like, "Wait, I wasn't wrong. What's going on here?" That's one of my. That's a, that's a that's like a top ten Earl Thomas moment. That one was a good one too. That's one of the better ones, and it just kind of faded into into the ether. Like people don't even bring that one up anymore. It's so funny. <laughs> Yo, they don't bring it up, and no one brings up what happened afterwards. I love like retelling this. I probably said it on the show before. So after Earl says that, Bobby sounds off on Twitter. Bobby then. Gets up on the podium, I think, that Tuesday or Wednesday and apologizes. Tells us that, yeah, you know, me and E talked it out. We good. You know, it's all water under the bridge. So when we all walk to the locker room, same day, same day, and say, hey, man, what's up, Earl? 
you know, you and Bobby apologize. You and Bobby squashed it. You know, how did that convo go? Earl looked us smooth in the face and was like, we didn't, there wasn't no talk. <laughs> We're just like, huh? Wait, what? No, Bobby just said y'all talk. Team was like, no, no, no talk. It is what it is. And we were all just stunned. Meanwhile, Bobby is like three lockers over. <laughs> we're all just like, all right, one of y'all is lying, bro. And no one's talked about that. Like, I, I wrote about it, and then that was it. It just went away. Man, when I saw that quote pop up through through Twitter, I couldn't write fast enough. That was the most fascinating situation ever. <laughs> and then, like, to have Earl just be like, yeah, there was no talk. I, mean, I said what I had to say. What's in that man's heart? It's in that man's heart. <laughs> that was it. I was like, yo. This is going to be a problem. But then, honestly, they kind of diffused it by it never came back up. Bobby supported Earl through his contract holdout. Uh, they never really made a thing about it. The funny thing, and we've talked about this before, is that Bobby basically just admitted that Earl was right in the end anyway. Because that next year, he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have played through the, that injury. And me and you, immediately when you said that, we were like, oh, yeah. He basically just said Earl Thomas was right. So that was another layer to it that was funny to me. Is The next season, Bobby basically confirms that he shouldn't have done that and sits out a couple games or a game, excuse me, a game against the Bears and basically says he doesn't want to do the same thing he did the year before. And, and that just invalidates Earl, man. Earl don't be wrong. <laughs> just be brutally, brutally honest. I mean, that that uh, well, that middle finger is just brutal honesty. It's like, hey, man, I just broke my leg. You guys might have cost me like $50 million. So here's, here's the bird <laughs> while I go get my, my broken leg x-rayed. Thank you and have a good night. Like I, I love Earl, man. Like I said, man, those guys are just the best. They're the best. They're, they're honest, and a lot of times, especially with those kind of people, now see, there's a version of that where, like, they say stuff like that, and then they're always wrong. But Earl Thomas is not one of those people, and that's those people are the best when they're brutally honest, and they're more often than not, they're correct. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. I love that about, about Earl. Are you – I know you're a, you're a Longhorns fan. Are you a Texas grad? Yeah, man. I, I graduated from the University of Texas in uh, 2012 with a degree in broadcast journalism. Okay, say that then. Best nice. of the best of the best, sir. Love, love it. So wait, oh, so you you must really have an attachment to Earl then? No, see, it's funny you say that. This is I don't want to say an interesting story because it's a short story. But when I grew up, my parents they're actually from Oklahoma. Um, they grew up in Oklahoma. So until I literally went to the University of Texas in 2008, I was a OU Sooners fan. Oh, and so what? I, really, I don't have this. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have the same attachment to Texas that everybody else does. Like, I, obviously, I love my school. Like, I paid them a lot of money to love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I have this, like diehard fandom attachment to Texas. Like, when they do bad things, I'm like, I'm one of the first people to be like, yeah, y'all messing up, because that's just I just don't have that like love for them like a normal person would. Oh wow, that is interesting. That wow. Uh, oh. Of all schools to actually be a fan of when you get there. I mean, that's. Are you still a Sooners fan? Like, what's. <laughs> I don't know if you can love both. No, nah, no, nah, you definitely can't love both. The first year I was there, I was like, uh, I'm kind of still a Sooners fan, but I didn't tell nobody. And then the <laughs> second year, I was like, you can't love both. This is crazy. You're a Texan. You're a long one fan now. Get over it. And so me and my dad, we started this little rivalry. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. It's, it's pretty cute. But uh, yeah, you definitely can't be both. But I will say that, like, it's funny. The funny thing about the Longhorn fan base is that they think they're better than they are. They think they are the Sooners. Like, they have that legacy of football in college football, and they don't. And so it's pretty funny to remind them that they do not have that legacy that they think they do, that they think they should be winning every year. It's like, that's really never happened in Texas history. So why do you think that that should happen now? 
Yeah, following following Derek. There's two people that I because I follow a bunch of people, you know, in sports. There's there's two people who give me like a glimpse into Texas Longhorns Twitter, which is just Chris. If you've ever dove in it, it's absolutely fascinating, especially on Saturday afternoons. It's Derek and Bomani Jones. They just, they just give me a glimpse into Longhorns Twitter, and when they do something like give up 400 passing yards to like Texas Tech or something like that, and lose all. Oh, it text uh, Longhorns Twitter is very entertaining. I, I feel like now I'm piling on here, making fun of the Raiders and the Longhorns. But <laughs> I'm sorry, Derek. You you you, you follow hey, some man. teams who just make me laugh. Hey man, I'm. I mean, teams do funny things, and I'm I'm here to laugh with. You. They do ridiculous things, and I want to laugh at them as well. It also hurts me as I laugh, unlike you. <laughs> but I really as well, because the Longhorns they do crazy stuff, and they have a crazy inflated self view of themselves. And to be among it for four years, because I used to do radio down there, I used to do TV down there for the student television station, radio station. And just to hear their takes, it'd be like, I don't understand why you think this. This, is, this isn't a viable thought. This has never been this way. Why are you like this? <laughs> it, it's fun. It was, it's, it's funny. Sports is fun as long as they're not doing, getting too crazy with it. But like the fan perspective is a funny thing to think about. Man. What do you, I don't even know what to ask on this part. What do you think about Pete Cur Pete Carroll Pete Carroll taking his shirt off once he saw DK come in there flexing on him? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I just I want to live. I honestly I just want to live like Pete Carroll. Like the way his brain thinks. He just he lives his best life. Whether you can say that no matter what. Like you don't have to agree with everything he does. I don't agree with everything he does, but. He's out here just making decisions on the fly, and he stands by them. He saw a dude who was shirtless, who was jacked. He's like, you know what? I wanna, I wanna be shirtless with this man at the same time. Because <laughs> like a lot of people would do that kind of stuff, and they're doing it for the attention. And I'm sure Pete likes attention, but like I just feel like that was his reaction. That's like what he wanted to do in that moment. He wasn't doing it for like fun. I mean, not for not fun, but like for like for like clout, I guess you would say. He was just doing it because he wanted to do it, and so he did it. What no, are the, what are the chances Pete Carroll knows what clout is right now? What if what he, I mean, he knows what it's a real word, but you know how it's used now. Yeah. Like people do things for clout. I wonder if he's like, "Hey Pete, how do you feel about clout chasers?" <laughs> Man, he's capable of creating his own words, so he might just change the definition of clout yet again. That's true. He could. You know, I wonder, do you think Pete Carroll is that guy? Because, you know, it's always compete. Because that's yeah. what the shirtless thing comes down to. He was like, I'm not going to let this dude one-up me, even though he's just he's, he's just jack young guy and I'm, you know, 100 years old, you know, with the, <laughs> with the wrinkled dad body. Do you think Pete, like, is like that with everything? Like, when he's eating with his, like, family, like, he tries to finish his food first? Or, like, like bust his place first? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, when they're walking to a restaurant, he wants to be the first one to sit into a booth. Do you think he's that guy? There's there's zero chance that he's not the guy who's like they run out they get out of the restaurant they close the door and he like I'll race you to the car and just runs away and <laughs> just dashes off he he's, he has to be like you don't want to play Monopoly with Pete Carroll you do not want to play Monopoly with Pete Carroll like, that's true he has to be one of those kind of people I want to stick with the with DK and I want to look at the rookie class as well what do you think how do you think DK will excel or will he excel in the Seahawks offense and what guy do you think do you expect an LJ Collier to make a difference? Marquise Blair? Who are you looking forward to to step up? Well, as far as DK, the fascinating thing about it is that they, it seems like he's 
better at just the intangibles of the wide receiver position than people are giving him credit for. And if that's the case, that'll pay immediate dividends. If he can just be the big, strong wide receiver who also can kind of give you a couple of routes, not saying he's going to be Doug Baldwin, but he gives you more than just the straight down the field catch guy. Now that would be crazy. That would be probably one of the steals, one of the better Seahawks steals you could think of if that comes to fruition. But I think, like as you brought up, LJ Collier, that that guy has to make a difference immediately because if he doesn't, the Seahawks have no pass rush. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get from Rasheem Green. You don't know what you're going to get from. <clears throat> you don't know if Ezekiel Ansah is going to be healthy. You hope that, but you don't know that for sure. And so, if LJ Collier is not a immediate NFL football player, that's going to set them back. That's scary because let's just jump right into the pass rush. You mentioned LJ Collier. You you mentioned Rasheem Green. Quentin Jefferson's going to have to play well. I mean, there's a lot of guys that need to step up in the absence now of Frank Clark. What do you, what do you foresee? How do you foresee it going? Mike was telling we, – we had an episode, I think, maybe three weeks ago. Mike put a number around 44 sacks, was it, Mike? Is that what you said? 40? Yeah, I think so. That would put him in the top 10, I think. Definitely in the top 10. And I think that's that's a, that's a tough challenge. I mean, everyone on the team is going to have to produce at – some large extent, whether it be LJ Collier, Rasheem Green, do you think this pass rush this season could muster up 40 sacks in total? Well, you know, it's, those kind of things are hard. I'm not, I'm definitely kind of, I know Mike doesn't like to give hot takes, but Mike will give you a prediction. I'm even less so than Mike. I don't like to try to pretend like I know how things are going to play out. Obviously, you give it your best guess, uh, but I do think. I think that sounds about fair because I do. While I say it's a question mark, I do think Ezekiel Ansah is gonna is gonna play this season. Hopefully for them, he plays well. He's playing well before he got hurt. There's really no way to project that out. But if he gets healthy and he's who he was before he got hurt, that should be a multi, uh, ten sack guy or more. Uh, you hope that LJ cool, Collier. I keep wanting to say Collier for whatever reason. It looks cool. I like that. <laughs> say it, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna change that man's name right now. Uh, <laughs> You hope that they've hit they've hit correctly on him, and he gives you a couple of sacks. They do have Cassius Marsh, who was who had his best year last year in San Francisco, so he should be able to contribute. Uh, it'll also depend what they do with Barcavius Mingo and Shaquille Griffin. They seem that it seems like they want to get more pass rushing out of them this year, so they have pieces to look to uh, to get to that sack total. We'll see if Jaron Reed can can recreate what he did last year. That's going to be kind of hard, but you know Jaron Reed's a, a stud. So they have the pieces in place to, to, to get some pass rush out of the out of their group. It's just about if they're going to actually get it. Like, you can project all day long, but you have to actually go on the field and actually put the numbers up. So I think Mike has a fair, at least a fair over-under number, but we'll see if they have the ability to get that with what they, what they do. You want to get into this wide receiver thing? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm right. We can just start there. <laughs> Let's start with that. All right. Let's start with how right, right you are. Let's start with that. I mean, because we, we talked about, you know, Doug being gone, and that's very sad. But they do have Tyler, who is a top uh. 10 route runner. I will get. Did we ever give our 10s on the show? I gave my 10 on the show. And did you're, you? You're not taking a single person off my list for Ty Lockett. Period. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll do yours first, mine first, and then mine second, and then we have Derek. Okay. Well, Derek, do you, are you. Do you want to go Derek first? No, I just let me ask Derek this question. Do you think Ty Lockett is a top ten route runner in the NFL? I mean, this argument's hilarious to me because like sure, maybe you can name ten guys who are good route runners. Is Ty Lockett also as good as those guys? So then it kinda doesn't matter <laughs> if he's 
he's top 10 exactly. Like, is he 11? Is he 12? Okay. What's the difference between 11 and 12 and 10? So I enjoy I enjoy this argument, but, you know, I'm also here to poke holes in it because why are y'all arguing about this? If y'all, like, come to a consensus that it's, like, 10 or 12. I said like, 12 to 15. Well, you know, I'm stubborn, so I just like being right. So I like, and I like round numbers. That makes two of us. So I like, <laughs> I like a top, I like a top ten, a top five. You know, whether it's my rappers, whether it's you know Halloween candies. You know, I met way too many people who like candy corn. You know, and it's like I need to judge them, and I need to let them know. Ooh, well, first off, your hate on candy corn. Well, that's a different topic. We'll wait a minute, that. hold on. No, we got we got time. Do you like candy corn? Oh, I love. I've always loved candy corn, and I almost got into this with you on Twitter, but I I didn't feel like it that day. <laughs> but the, the candy corn slander is is it doesn't make any sense to me, no sense at all. And that's how I feel about Ty Lockett being in the top ten. Doesn't make any sense to me. Wow, he can be top twelve, top fifteen. You can make an argument, but I still believe there might be other guys that were mentioned that could be better. I mean, Mike brought up the separation point. He was like, he's number two, Chris. And I'm saying, bro, the the number one player is probably going to be a guy that we don't even see often. And you want to know who the number one guy is in separation rate? Do you want to know who that is, Derek? Who is that? It's freaking, I don't remember his name. I just drew, I just drew a blank, man. Oh, all my that, goodness. All that buildup. No, I'm kidding. It was Beasley. It was Beasley, it was Beasley for the, it was Beasley for the Cowboys. Oh, uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. Cole Beasley is the number one in separation rate. And you're telling me he's an elite route runner? The only player on that list, of the on the top ten separation list, that's on my top ten route runner list is Devontae Adams, and he's ranked number four. I rest my case. Ty Lockett is not a top ten route runner. Now, Mike, go ahead and give your one through ten so Derek can hear this. You like candy corn, huh, Chris? Candy corn's fire. What next? You really? Yeah, I like it. You guys both like, what's going on here? Hey, answer the question. Top ten. Let's go. I don't even know what's more important here. This, that you guys like. You guys like LaCroix, too? No, stop. Why? Why even mention LaCroix? Because I, I I find a pattern there. Derek, do you like LaCroix? No, he don't like that. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to get it, like, because I sense a pattern, No, you know. A people. pattern that we are right and you are wrong. Anything else? I, I hate to, to interject, but I have I have two questions, separate questions. What about Kyle Lockett makes you question his route running ability, Chris? And what about Candy Corn? Do you not find amazingly and magically delicious? I mean, it's just basically sugar. It's delicious. No. Okay. You need to. You I'll, go? I'll go first for the what makes basically why I don't and I'm not why I don't think he's elite in the route running because there are literally ten guys that I can name that are better route runners. Meaning they can run every route in the route tree. They can run a seven yard slant to perfection. They can run a 10-yard out to perfection. They can run a perfect slant and go. They can run an out and up. They can do all of those routes, and I think that's where they excel. Whereas Tyler Lockett, he has speed, and he can take the top off of defenses. A lot of these guys are in my top 10. They are elite at going in and out of breaks. I don't think Tyler Lockett is elite. I think he is very good. And in that situation, I think if I had to make a list, he would fall between 12 and 15. I haven't made the list spanning past 10 and it's not in any order but i believe those 10 guys are locked in you can put them anywhere and i think when i read you my list you'll probably say you know what you have a you have a solid point you could probably poke holes in it and disagree but with that and my standing and how i feel about route running in general i just don't see him as elite and i don't think it's a discredit elite route running is not something everyone can do there's a reason why there's a top 10 and my top 10 will stand as is mike Go ahead and answer why you hating on candy corn. No, man. This must be what, what Skip 
or what Shannon feels like when Skip just be on undisputed oh wild. Goodness, this really must be with because I just I am I am appalled right now that we got we got disrespecting Tyler Lockett. How both y'all like candy corn? Like what? All right, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do, Derek. Is Tyler Lockett top ten? Yes or no? In route running, in your opinion? So, so here's how I would answer that. Because I actually, you you make a very solid point. I do not think that Tyler Lockett can run every route on the route tree to perfection in the way you know an elite route runner to what you're describing it as could do. Now, do I think he does enough at a very good level for that not to matter at all to me? Yes, I do. I think you're you're making it's a distinction somewhat without a point. Uh, for like the first ten years of LeBron James' career, could he shoot as well as let's say a Dwayne Wade? Probably not. Did it matter? No, because he could do everything else well, and he could shoot well enough to where he could just go to the basket every time, but he had enough of a J to where you still had to respect it. So at a certain point, it doesn't matter if you can do everything to the same level as somebody else. If you do it well enough combined with doing something elite, and Tyler has elite speed, it doesn't matter because what are routes for? Routes are for to get separation. So if he's getting separation, it doesn't matter if you can run the entire route tree to perfection every single time like Doug Baldwin. Now, of course, if they put him in a different role, then it might matter. And, you know, Tyler Lockett's very good at route running. I mean, they were raving about that skill in 2015 when he was a rookie. So it's not like he's not a good route runner. So, yes, is he probably in the top ten? Probably not. I haven't done a list like y'all. I'd have to, like, think about that. But does it really matter that much? Absolutely, it matters. I'm going to throw water on y'all's fun because that's what I'm doing right now. I'm the wet blanket. I'm like, hey, no more fun. Shut down fun. I don't think this this debate matters, but it is funny. But, uh, yeah, I kind of see both y'all's sides because I think Mike's point, maybe it's not. I don't want to speak for Mike. I think his point is it doesn't really matter because he does everything well enough to where he gets separation and boom. But then that's – sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. And with you, you're like, well, he's just not a top 10 route runner. There's 10 people better. And so, like, I get your point on that, and I get how you explained it. I think you explained it well. But I, I just – I kind of in the middle, leaning more towards Mike because I don't really think it matters all that much. I think he does it well enough to where he gets the separation you need. All right, here we go. I'm going to give you my list first, and I want you to tell me who would you take off for Tyler Lockett. Well, he agrees with you. He said Tyler's not top 10. Well, he – okay, definitively, 100%. You agree that he's not top ten? I can't do that. I don't have a list, so mm-hmm. I don't agree with you that much. See, that, that that's why I want to give him a list and give him a make it, see if he can make a choice within this list. All right, here are mine in no order. Okay, you ready? All right. We have A B, Julio, right. O B J, Devonte Adams, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and T.Y. Hilton. Now, with that list, who would you feel comfortable saying, you know what, Tyler Lockett's better than this guy? I route runner. Yep. I, I mean, I've never really felt like T.Y. Hilton's an elite route runner. Ooh. Is that what we do? Is that what we feel? Ooh. If that's how you feel, I mean, I'll, I'll send you, I'll, I'll send you a video or two, and I think you'll change your mind. Oh boy! Because, because, right. well, I mean, there's a couple of guys who I feel are kind of in the same boat as Tyler Lockett, who are just kind of speed guys and or like tall guys who just go downfield and they get enough separation to where it doesn't matter. 
that their route isn't that great. Like a Devontae Adams, like he's great, but I don't know if it's because of his number. Oh man, Mike's seen him live. Mike can tell you <laughs> exactly how nasty he is. He got a dead leg. Oh man, I don't even know if that's in the route tree, but it's nasty. Oh, all right. Well, I I I I would feel free to stand corrected on any of these people because I don't see enough tape of them to definitively say, oh yeah, that dude can't run routes to a degree of Tyler Lockett. I just think you have some people similar to Tyler Lockett on this list where they're like they're very good at route running, but I don't know that they're this elite route runner that can be replaced by Tyler Lockett. I need to stop watching a lot of film with these guys route running. I need to stop it. It's killing me. Derek, do you put ketchup on eggs? <laughs> I do not. No. I'm just trying to make sure, man, because you guys, the candy corn thing bugs me. If you guys haven't noticed, I'm oh, just, I can tell. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think of the other things that I, when, I, when I hear like this person does this, you know, you get like people who put the milk in first before the cereal. You know what I'm saying? You I'm, know, psychopaths. Wow, no, those people are out there, crazy. man. Like that's. I don't a, even know why you do that. That's unacceptable. No, right? Because not only is that weird, it's just like illogical. You know, it's. <laughs> It's, it's beyond a preference, you know? It's just like, dude, that just, for what you want to do, that just doesn't make That's sense. That's similar to just making pizza, and then after you make it, you put all the, you put the tomato paste on afterwards. Ugh. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. <laughs> 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 you, put, you put the cheese on, you got the crush, you got your pepperoni, and you're like, oh, I'm going to just pour sauce on top now. Chris, do you put ketchup on eggs? No. I, hey, I'm trying to think. No, I'll put salsa if I want to sometimes. Okay. Okay, the little taba- the Tabasco joint. You talking about that? No, literally just salsa. The salsa, like from tacos? No, I'm. Uh, I don't even know. But I'm the salsa that you put in that you use the chips sometimes. That type of salsa, oh, okay. like an omelet. Okay. Omelet style. Okay. I'll just, but I just, no ketchup. I'm just trying to make sure, man. Because the there's some food. There's some behaviors that you could tell a lot of people about. I put you ketchup know. on my hot dogs. I put ketchup on my. What's I put ketchup on? Potatoes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Mike, if you keep going, you're going to find something because I'm a notoriously weird and picky eater. It's <laughs> not the ones that you've named so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, these are the these are the ones that like pop out of my head. Like it usually is like I, I don't do this now, but like, you know, you go on a first date or something like that. You can find out a lot about that girl if you just or if you're a girl looking for, you know, you uh, looking for a dude, you can find out a lot about the other person. You can ask them a few things. Sure, you could ask them about like Kaepernick or Trump and, you know, figure it out there. But you could also be like, hey. Do you like Lacroix? Because if so, I'm going to I'm going to ask for the check, and you're picking it up. Like that's Lacroix is one. Ketchup on eggs, candy corn. I can't believe you guys like candy. Why are you? so I don't even know if I have any more Seahawks topics after that. That just that, that covered it. Tyler Lock is a top ten route runner. According you guys to who? Like you? Yes. Hey, I, Sam Gold came in and dropped the the biggest bombshell. He watches way more film than I ever have, and he makes YouTube videos about said film. And you know what he said? No, he's not. He's top 12 to 15. You know who disagrees with Sam all the time? Colts Twitter. So, <laughs> and, Colts, <laughs> and Colts Twitter would also say that T.Y. Hilton's a better route runner than Tyler Lockett. I don't know. See, so now, and now like Derek said, you just you just siding with Colts Twitter. And really, that's not going to get you no points over here. We Seahawks man to man. I know, but you know me, man. I'm being, I'm not, there's no bias here. Oh, okay. That's, that, that's fine. I'm, I'm Like I said, I'm done with Seahawks now, man. I'm just, I'm thinking of more things. Like, um, one time my homie put syrup on pork chops but i don't think you guys are weird enough to do that no what i don't want no that doesn't even i'm trying to comprehend how that would even taste Yo, I'm Derek, good. i kid you not man we was at a family gathering my man had a pork chop and it was the reason we knew he was gonna put the syrup on it because he looked up at somebody who was like yo y'all got any syrup <laughs> man hey Derek, i'm sorry i did not know this was gonna turn out to be syrup infested 
I admire that man's confidence because he knows. He knows that's not going to go well, but he's like, look, I need this syrup, though. Do I happen to know this guy, Mike? Um, no, you've never, you never okay. met him. I'll, I'll pull him up. Now, nah, I'm not gonna say his name. He's the homie. Is we, we tight? It's just like when he did that. I just, I'll never forget. Like looking up, him looking up at us and be like, "Hey, y'all got any syrup?" Oh, <laughs> like, we were like, "For what? <laughs> For my, not my pancakes, but no, that's that's bad." Oh yeah, nah, it was it wasn't great. I sympathize with him because I've had to ask weird questions like that. Like, for me, I don't like to mix bread and meat together. So I don't like sandwiches. I don't like hamburgers. I don't like hot dogs. So people will just hand me a burger patty, and they'll be like, hey, you want a bun? I'll be like, ah, and they just look at me like I'm alien. I'm like, hey, look, man, I like what I like. <laughs> Yo, however they look at you is how Chris just looked just right now. Yep. <laughs> when you said you don't like sandwiches. I was shocked. I had to take soup. In the thermos when I was a kid, because oh, I man. didn't like sandwiches, so I had, to, I had to take a soup. Dang, I'm hurt. Yo, the way Chris just looked at you right now, man. Oh my god, it was exa- it was that what you talking about, Willis face. Yo, oh man, oh that was that was great. See, I knew, you're right, Derek. We keep going. I knew we'd find something. That's, <laughs> to be honest, I don't even think that's that weird. I don't. I think liking candy corn is way weirder. Wow. All right. Well, I guess Derek and I are weird for eating candy corn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I for, I forgive you guys. Just but. sugar, Mike. <laughs> literally all it is. It's literally sugar in a candy corn type manner. Nope. I'm not. Not. Not hearing it. I'm not hearing. It. That's 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 fine. You want to make a poll, Mike, and see how Twitter no, no. Seahawks fans feel about that type of candy? Uh, no, I got I got into it with people over candy corn because I did it like I think Scott Van Pelt had like a top ten Halloween candies last year. Skittles are number one on my list. And then what I did is I I was like I either said his list was great or his list was bad or something like that. And then I got into this big argument with anyone who didn't like Reese's, and it was just it was it got it got real. We don't have to rehash it. We can actually go. I'm just. I, I had to like assess how strange you guys were because candy corn is like a slippery slope of things for me. So, so as you it, see, man. I went straight to Lacroix, right? Appreciate We'd have had to end the show if you guys said you like Lacroix. Thanks a lot. Man. Not even kidding. Great, Derek. Is there anything else you'd like to add now that Mike has called us weird? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm just enjoying. I mean, you guys are hilarious. I mean, I knew that, but it's fun being actually in on the fun for once. So I'm just enjoying the back and forth. Well, we want to thank you again, Derek, for taking the time out to come kick it with us on the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Where can they follow you at again, man? Uh, Dr. Lewis Bucket. So just Dr. Last name Lewis L E W I S Bucket, like the, the random catchphrase, and boom, you got me. All right, so we get a, before we get out of here, we're going to make it. See if me and Derek can come to an agreement, right? Because Derek's been asking me to watch The Wire because I've never seen The Wire. And that makes two of us. Really? I don't know if we could... Sh- we just shook hands. I don't know if we should be proud of that. I mean, but we're not proud of it. I just never watched it. That's all. No, Continue. I, so, Derek has never seen Game of Thrones. Oh. So, I think we can all come to... You included in this. I ain't here. watching Game of Thrones. No, no. See, no, see, see, see. That's, that's okay, what's so not you get gonna to pick. You get to pick. So if I'll watch The Wire. You're going to watch The Wire. So, yeah. me and you'll watch The Wire, and Derek will watch Game of Thrones. Good luck. Can we all three agree on that <laughs> before we get out of here? I mean, I've been planning to watch Game of Thrones anyway, so yeah, I'm in. Okay, there we go. We got we got it. We got a pact there. How, How many seasons in the wire, man? I don't know. How many, Derek? Uh, I, believe there's, I believe there's five. Okay, that's not too bad. They're not twenty episodes, are they? No, they're okay. the. I think they're like the thirteen episodes. It's been a while, man. Don't hold me to this, but I believe they're like the thirteen episode season type thing. All right, I, I can manage. I'll probably finish it hopefully by the summer. That's the goal. By the end of summer, I should say. Yeah, we'll we'll give it a shot. But that's that's a, that's everyone's goal. Here during this this off season break, I'll watch The Wire. I got to find ways to find it. Is it on HBO still or Stars? I don't know. Whatever, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. 
Derek's gonna watch Game of Thrones. He's already said where you can follow him on Twitter and everything. Make sure you check his stuff out at 24/7 Sports. Chris, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CKID206. And we appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We appreciate the love. One last time, Derek, thank you for uh, hopping on with us, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. All right, we out.